Okay, so um, we'll pick up where we left off here. Oh, <clears throat> just to get this rolling here, they, again, your, um, you know, your Bible here, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, it's actually this whole front section is just, it's just straight out history. You can go all the way history, all the way to the book of Psalms. It's chronological. And, and then if you pass Psalms here and you get to uh, uh, Psalms and Proverbs, Proverbs was written by David's son Solomon, of course. And then you got uh, uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, which is by Solomon too. The Ecclesiastes, remember somebody says, I'm going to, into the ecclesiastical type work. That's just preacher, whatever. The Living Bible just flat out says the preacher, you know, when, you, <laughs> when it starts. Song of Solomon, <laughs> there's no way you're going to be able to tie that to Jesus. That's a woman. There's body parts in there. <laughs> That's not how you describe Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> Gosh. And especially at the, and it's a quick read. Solomon and his wife or lover or however it is, they're, they're teasing about her little sister and she has, says she has no breast. What are we going to do about it? And they basically like, you know, <laughs> they need to uh, help her fake it and make it look like she's got breasts. Yeah. Shall we leave it? So that stuff's in there, but it's, it's a wonderful, it's just, it's not even like you want to call it a love story. It's that, the, the living Bible likes that. It's just love sick. If you want to call it that, uh, she's looking for him. Where are you? And, uh, anyway. All right. And anyway, so, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, these are what we remember. We call them prophets and, and it'll say so, but it'll tell you their time frame, and their time frame was basically somewhere between uh, First uh, and Second Samuel, and first actually, basically between First and Second Kings, and all the way through just this section right here. I like to call them news reporters, except they're God's news reporters, whatever. And what's interesting, occasionally they would say some things about something going to happen back this way, which was Jesus. You know, the virgin shall be with child. What's that got to do with Hezekiah? You know, yeah, it had something to do with it. It was prophesying ahead of time. It really wasn't Hezekiah. It was the king before that. But anyway, okay, so uh, we're going to pick up here in Deuteronomy. And so in Deuteronomy, all this history since time began, it's not, even if you were, let's just give it for, let's just say it was Big Bang. I mean, there was a time then, but there's, deep time doesn't work. The, uh, population tables, like I say, that, that wouldn't work. We still have comets out there. They're all supposed to have melted by now. They're still out there. Erosion in the United States. We shouldn't have sharp mountains. There's a whole lot of things. The moon, we're slowly losing it. If it had been billions of years, remember, it would have been closer because it's slowly going away. It would have been rolling on the surface of the planet. You know, a lot of things, just crazy. Okay, but uh, so we believe our time frame because... I like to say because Jesus believes this time frame. He ain't been there that long. Anyway, so in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And some people say those are millions of years between day one. Nuh-uh. Anytime they use a qualifier which says something like this in the Hebrew, evening and morning, the first day, that's a day. It was a day. And that's where we get our week from. No other place in history can you track back and go, why do we have seven days? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In the English language. It's not because mathematically it works out. It's because that's where the time frame came from. Six days he created heavens, heaven and earth and then he rested the seventh. That's where all that come from. All the earth got wiped out after uh, Genesis chapter 6 or during Genesis chapter 6. Then all of a sudden it started over again with Noah. Eight people. 
the mathematics, like you say, on uh, exponential, whatever. You know how you raise rabbits or whatever you're doing? Raise them, raise people. It works out perfectly to the number of people we got on the planet today. Okay, so, so we got confidence knowing this is history right here. So Genesis put, put, put them all the way from creation. We had the flood, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all of a sudden, we see they go off, uh, they wind up in, uh, in Egypt. And then when they get out of Egypt, this is basically the whole story, the rest of the Bible here that we know a promised land stuff. So anyway, in Deuteronomy, I just want to hit this again. Deuteronomy chapter one, look at uh, verse one. This book records. Now, before I get any further, let me, let's look at the last of the previous book. I can just go backwards here. And I think I can. Well, here we go like this. This is Numbers chapter 36. The very last thing we have here. So they were, uh, anyway, they're, they're at the, uh, they're in the land of Moab right here. They're actually right before you get in the promised land because they got all the way to, they just wiped out uh, two nations there. And uh, anyway, uh, it, I'm just saying it, it's, it just tracks right here. Uh, these girls or whatever uh, that it's mentioning here, it's interesting here. There was three girls. I think their names were Noah and one of them was. And anyway, their, their daddy didn't have any because they're talking about, they're talking about, uh, they're not going to be able to get any land. Our daddy didn't have any sons. And Moses said, well, you're right. Okay, so if your daddy didn't have any sons, the daughters will become heirs. And that's what they're talking about. One of them is actually called Noah. Oh, And then the other part was, if you'll notice what happened here, they were saying, hey, okay, we get some land now, but guess what? We got to marry somebody who's not. Oh, no, what if somebody marries outside of our tribe? Then we're going to lose our land again. He says, nope, if they marry into another tribe, uh, their land will go with them to the tribe into which they marry. Oh, oh. Anyway, oh. Anyway, in this way, the total the total area of our tribe will be reduced and it'll not be returned. See that that's what there's, the problem was. Moses said, "Nope. The men of the tribe of Joseph have a proper complaint. This is what the Lord has further commanded concerning the daughters of this guy. Let them be married to anyone they like, just so long as within their own tribe. Okay. In this way, so those girls need to marry within their tribe, and they'd be okay. Okay. But point is, so then, boom! All of a sudden, this book records Moses's address. They're at the promised land. J- Joseph, uh, Jacob is fixing to take, not Jacob, come on, who is it? Joshua is fixing to take him into the promised land. Moses starts this recap and speech. It tells you where they were camped, all right? And the speech was given on February 15th. It didn't take forever, but boy, we've been taking our time but because we only have so much time here. So let's pick it up in chapter 11. You must love the Lord your God and obey every one of his commands. Remember, he'd been speaking for probably maybe an hour already. You would have got to this pretty quick. Listen, look, notice what he says. I'm not talking now to your children who have never experienced the Lord's punishment or seen his greatness and awesome power. Now, we don't go, I'm a Baptist. Oh, yeah, I've heard about the Lord's punishments, you know, and I've heard a car. No, we're talking about what happened in the promised land. Well, in the wilderness here. He's going to tell you. They weren't there. Now, wait, who's the they? He said, I'm not talking to your children, you know, these now guess who guess who's there? These are the twenty year olds and younger. And if you were twenty, let's see, whatever, you would now be forty. I mean, no, no, that ain't right. You'd be you'd be uh, 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 do my you'd be sixty. Your parents have already died. You've been wandering in the wilderness for forty years. You were a twenty year old. Well, actually, probably a nineteen year old. So that's who he's talking about. I'm not talking now to your children, who never experienced the Lord's punishments. That's because. They weren't, uh, they, were, they weren't there. And here's, here's, so you see what he's talking about. Here it goes. 
They didn't see his awesome power. He's going to describe what they were. So, yeah, dog's sleeping over. He looks great. Okay. He's looking at me underneath that pew right there. Okay. They weren't there. Look at this. They weren't there. See, God's got to quit saying this if it's never happened. That's the reason it's just like incredible for us to believe some of the stuff people try to tell us is not true in the Bible. That is baloney. They weren't there to see the miracles he did in Egypt against Pharaoh. Now, remember the word Passover. We're going to get this in a minute. It's a required feast. That's all based on what God did to Egypt getting the Israelis out. That actually happened. I'll never forget going to college. One of the first things I heard they were going to tell us, it was just like, well, of all things, I thought, why don't you just attack the resurrection? But they were making fun of saying the Israelites crossed over in muddy water. They don't believe anything. They, I'm like, why are you focus on it? It didn't, it was just to, it's just to discredit the Bible. We know better. I mean, I'm a real, I'm alive today. You have to ask the question, where did man come from? This is the absolute best, most, I mean, God says, he told us that the heavens declare the glory of God. It's just, it's a no-brainer. Anyways, here we go. They didn't see the miracles he did in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his land. They didn't see what God did to the armies of Egypt and their horses and chariots, how he drowned them in the Red Sea. Oh, no, wait a minute. That story was over there. That was three books ago. Uh, Yeah, three books ago, but it wasn't three million years ago or something like that. This is, this, the the Bible is is tight. It doesn't, it's not very far. That would be in Exodus, and it's actually Exodus, do you know they got, Exodus goes on to about, uh, let's get it right. Sometimes we think that, remember Exodus means to get out. Let's, Let's just see how many chapters, I think it's 30, yeah, oh, 40, 40, guess what? They're out right here. Exodus 15, they're out. They sang this song. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. We, we had a song about that. But see, that's when Miriam got up there. Because, man, God did it. They had a nanny. They saw Pharaoh and all the army washed up on the beach. And they crossed over, as you know, on dry ground. All right, so here we go back to this. Uh, we read Deuteronomy. So Moses is just recapping that. All right. So they didn't see what happened. They didn't see what God did to the armies, the horses and chariots, there, how he drowned them in the Red Sea as they were chasing you, and how the Lord, look at this, and how the Lord has kept them powerless against you unto this very day. It's been 40 years. Don't you imagine the Egyptians probably have a grudge. <laughs> Don't worry. My goodness. They didn't see how, no, excuse me, they didn't see, this is your kids. Remember, you were a 20-year-old, and maybe you just got married after in the promise, I mean, excuse me, in the wilderness for 40 years. But God's been taking care of you, cloud by day, a fire by night. And he's just recapping this, how the Lord cared for you time and time again through the years you were wandering in the wilderness until your arrival here. So here they are. They're at the promised land. They weren't there when Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, descendants of Reuben, sinned, and the earth opened up and swallowed them up. That happened in the previous book about, we'll just say about 20 chapters ago. And swallowed them up, their households and tents, their belongings, as all Israel watched. That was so scary. Now, the reason that happened was not like, well, God just had a bad day. No. Those clowns, 
came against Moses and said, we're going back to Egypt. We're going to select our own leader. Boy, Moses and Aaron hit the dirt. They knew something was going to happen. They bowed down to the earth. They were just, they just knew, uh uh-oh. They knew it was going to be over with. And that's what happened. Look at this, but he says, you have seen those mighty miracles. He's talking to 60-year-old people and maybe some that were, well, whoever was a little bit less than that, that would have known. How carefully then you should obey these commands I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and possess the land you're about to enter. If you obey the commandments, look what he says. You'll have a long, look at this, and good life in the land the Lord's promised you and your ancestors uh, uh, and to you and their descendants. A wonderful land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I want you to remember this same thing it's promised to us today in the, in the New Testament. We, we, we hear this uh, over. So all these wonderful, I'm going to show you this. All these wonderful things we see, we're reading here, they're ours. Because look what he tells us over here in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. We must never forget. No, no who cares? Has no application. Oh, it's got every application. That's the reason we talk about Abraham's blessings. Look at this. And remember, Abraham, he was wandering around in the promised land. He didn't, he didn't possess it like, like his descendants did. We must never forget, dear brothers, what happened to our people in the wilderness long ago. God guided them. Ah, come on. You can't believe there was a cloud, Richard. Yes, I do. I believe every bit of it. The, what kind of evidence would we, would, would we find if there was really a global flood? Well, I think any of us could figure that out. There's seashells all over Madison County. Seashells. And they're fossils, too. They're not just... Because they seashells on the beach today, if you go, they just deteriorate. Those are not fossils. That was something living not too long ago, and it gave up its shell or died or whatever. But that shell is going to disintegrate. The ones we see today are not even... They're made out of whatever, all that... A fossil is not made out of its original material. It's basically made out of limestone. But anyway, but anyway. All right, so he says there, this might be called their baptism. So notice what he goes on to say. It was, uh, uh, they were baptized in the sea and in the cloud as followers of Moses, their commitment to him as their leader. And by a miracle, God sent them food to eat and water to drink in the desert. Now, why is he writing this to us? He even goes on and says, they drank the water Christ gave them. He was there. That's the same Jesus. As a mighty rock of spiritual refreshment, refreshment he says. Wow. Okay. And, if, and it, uh, that's just one thing, but go over here to the book of Hebrews just a moment. New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, although God's promise still stands, he's talking about that uh, entering in. Let me back up just a little bit. He says, uh, when, uh, let me back up in the third chapter. And who were those people I speak of who heard God's voice speaking to them and they rebelled? They were the ones that came out of Egypt with Moses. Oh, we got to quit saying that. No, we got to keep saying it because it happened. And he said they can't go in. He swore with an oath they should never go in. You mean, Richard, there is the same promise today? Yes. Look at that. Although God's promise still stands. Let me show you something else that's so staggering. This is all New Testament books here. Look at Galatians chapter 3, uh, come down here at verse 29. And now that we are Christ, we are true descendants of Abraham. Oh, here you go now. 
And all of God's promises to him belong to us. Whoa. See, sometimes we just, if we don't watch it, we're not paying close attention. We just think, well, I don't know why this is in the Bible. It has nothing to do with me. Oh, it has everything to do with you today. All right, here we go. So where'd we leave off? Uh, Somewhere right here. Let's see. So all these people, he says, you guys saw those miracles. You've seen these miracles, these mighty miracles. How carefully you should obey the commandments I'm giving you today so you'll have the strength to go in and possess the land you're about to enter. Remember, they were there 40 years ago, and they said, well, we can't go in there. There's giants in there. (laughs) Look what he says. You'll have a long, good life. Praise God. That's for us today. A long, good life. So it's no wonder that that bullet that went off that Janet was making reference to didn't even hit her son. Praise God. Look at this. The land you're about to enter and possess is not like the land of Egypt where you've come from. Now, now Phil, I like this. And, you know, Bob, thinking about my farm up there. I spent four grand last year fertilizing my field. And I read this the other day and I said, I ain't paying that again. I am not paying. I knew my dad didn't pay it all the time either. I'm not paying that. Just for hay. It tapped into a third of my hay profit. And I didn't get it all over the field. All of a sudden, driving my tractor, I thought, I got to go over to this field. And I thought, I'm out of fertilizer. (laughs) I was already out. But see, even you, if you be honest with yourself, you'll go, Richard, you got to have it. Yeah, we're conditioned. Turn on CNN. Farmer's News. Today, we're projecting that you need to put out more fertilizer than you did last year. You need a, you need a mixture of nitrate and you need... Uh, Look at this. Did, he, did the Lord mention that to the here? Watch this. The land you're about to enter and possess is not like the land of Egypt where, you have, where, where you've come from, where ir- irrigation is necessary. It's a land of hills and valleys, plenty of rain, a land that the Lord your God personally cares for. Now, how am I with saying that I have the blessing of Abraham? What am I supposed to do, pack up and go to Jerusalem? And I want Hampton Cove Church over there somewhere, so i got to call all y'all, and we all got to go to Jerusalem. You know, there's people that are like that. They think the end of the world's coming. they got to get over there to Israel. The only place the Lord's going to know, it's a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain. It's the Lord your God personally cares for. His eyes are always upon it day after day throughout the year. And that's on you too as well. And if you will carefully obey all his commandments, I'm going to give you today. And if you'll love the Lord your God with all your hearts and souls and worship him, that's what Jesus said, love the greatest commandment. He'll continue to send both the early and the late rains that will produce wonderful crops of grain. It just can't be so. Yes, it is so. And you don't have to have a farm. It's just your life. You know, notice this, grapes for your wine, we need to put some white out on that because there's supposed to be no drinking, oh, please. And olive oil, see all the condemnation, oh no, I, I know it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to serve the Lord, but occasionally we like to have a little wine. You're just ruining your life with all kind of things you think, that it, just read the Bible. You had to give the preacher some of your wine too, so watch out for that. We'll see that. I mean, you brought, you brought the tithes to the Lord. Here we go. And he'll, look at this. He'll give you lush pasture land for your cattle to graze in, and you yourselves shall have plenty to eat and be fully content. Now, that's the 23rd Psalm anyway. David was, that's why David could come up with that uh, nearly probably 400 years after we're reading this right here. I think it's about 250 years. Look at this. Here we go. But beware that your hearts do not turn from God to worship other gods. Now, notice he didn't say, if you make a mistake. No, we have built into the system, 
if we make a mistake. They have a day of atonement. Jesus actually, uh, in the Lord's Prayer, tells us, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Anyway, for if you do, the anger of the Lord will be hot against you. He'll shut up the heavens, so here you go. There ain't going to be no rain and no harvest, and you'll quickly perish from the good land the Lord has given you. What is it that I got to watch out for? Don't turn to other gods. Man, okay. So keep these commandments carefully in mind, you know. Uh, tie them on your hand. Look what he says here. Between your eyes, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're sitting at home and when you're out walking at bedtime, before breakfast. Basically, just meditating the word. Write them on the doors of your houses. We got some pictures around here. It's got some scriptures and stuff, and I'm sure you do too. Write them on the doors of your houses, upon your gates, so that as long as uh, there is sky above the earth, you and your, I think it's your children, yeah, you and your or kids, I think, whatever it is, you and your children, look at this, will enjoy the good life awaiting you in the land the Lord has promised you. Praise God. He says it again, if you are careful to obey the Lord's commands, all the commands I give you, loving the Lord your God, walking in His ways, clinging to Him, then the look at this, the Lord will drive out all those nations. See, when they got there, they didn't have to hardly lift up a finger. Remember the walls of Jericho? What'd they do? Oh, we're just, the walls collapsed. They just had a battle here in just prior to this, I would say probably about a month or two. Could have been a month prior to this. And the generals came back and said, well, hey, we didn't even lose an Israelite. We lost nobody. And they brought another offering saying, hey, Moses, put this in the treasury. <laughs> we didn't lose a soul. Mm. So he goes on. He says, no matter how much greater and stronger they, than you they may be. Praise God. You ever felt like you just it's a losing battle here? You don't need to think that way. You think, praise God, I got the Lord. Wherever you go, look at this, the land is yours. Your frontiers will stretch from the southern, southern Negev to Lebanon, from the Euphrates to the Mediterranean Sea. It's a pretty good-sized stretch right there, almost like the state of Georgia over there. Anyway, no one. look at this. No one will be able to stand against you, for the Lord your God will send fear and dread ahead of you wherever you go, just as he has promised. Now you say, well, I'm not in the promised land. I'm not. The, yeah, but you're where you are, and God loves you just as much. We already see that promise. So whatever you're faced with, you may think you're outnumbered by... Let's say you've got to go to some meeting and you know they're going <laughs> to, you're on the way out. Basically, you're thinking in your head, they're going to get me. Just say a little prayer. Lord, you got to take care of me. you got to help me here. And he will. You treat him like he's not there, then fine. You can forget it. Look what he says. I am giving you the choice. Look at this. This is so wonderful. What if you read this today, drinking coffee over breakfast? You just woke up and you're thinking, oh, what a day I got. I'm giving you the choice today between God's blessing or God's curse. Now, this is not where we at. This is chapter 11. This is not the 28th chapter of, of Deuteronomy where the blessings and the curses are. See, all the time we get to thinking, well, it's just, eh, there might be a mistake over. Well, there's certainly no mistake in the 28th chapter. But look what he says. There will be a blessing if you will obey the commandments of the Lord your God I'm giving you today. And a curse, if you refuse, and word, look what he says. He clarifies that because some people say, well, I've made a mistake. And okay. Cut it out. You have a sacrifice. Jesus has died for your sins. Anyway, it's a curse if you refuse them and worship the gods of the other countries. Now, that's where the rub is. Boy, don't, don't say I don't want Jesus anymore. When the Lord your God... 
brings you to the land. Look what he says, to possess it. Now, I've been, we did this before years or so ago, but I'm going to show you again. He says, when you get into the land, there's two mountains, like Green Mountain and Montesano Mountains up there a little bit closer, I'm sure. A blessing shall be proclaimed from Mount Gerizim and a curse from Mount Ebal. They did this when they got in the promised land. Why? Because that blessing is so strong. They really did. They wiped out the whole promised land in an 11-year campaign. That's what your whole book of Joshua is about. They did it. Woo, they did it. Anyway, so from Mount Gerizim and Ebal are mountains west of the Jordan River where the Canaanites live and the wasteland near Gilgal where the oaks of Morah are. For you are to cross the Jordan, Jordan and live in the land the Lord God's given you. Now, don't forget when they got there, they didn't have to build huts or nothing. They just took over all the town. They took over all the houses. Again, think about it. Well, is that just some sort of spiritual significance for me? It's more than spiritual. This was not spiritual. The manna quit as soon as they got across the Jordan River. They had manna every day. And then the manna quit. Well, hey, there's a harvest right there. It was yours. Praise God. Same thing for us today. For you are to cross the Jordan and live in the land the Lord has given you. But you must, he just says again, you must obey the laws I'm giving you today. Okay? These are the laws you must obey when you arrive in the land. What are they? Well, I know we just talking about that Miss Meadows and <laughs> vigilantes and stuff like that. But, you know, there was a reason she was doing that. Okay? And people today, I mean, we just don't put up with stuff that's uh, going to ruin your life. Look what he says here. Okay. When you enter the land, remember, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay. The God of your fathers, he's given you forever. You must destroy the heathen altars. Well, I don't know, a little bit of compromise. Well, you know where we're going if we go compromising, you know. Look what he says. The heathen altars. Now, what's that related to? That's other gods. Okay. Anyway, wherever you find them, high in the mountains, up in the hills, under the trees. Hey, doggy. He's fine. Help me out, okay? Uh, notice what he says. Break down the altars, smash the obliques, burn the shameful images, cut down the metal idols, and leave nothing to even remind you of them. You must look at what he says. Don't make any sacrifices to your God just anywhere as the heathen sacrifice to their gods. Rather, you must build a sanctuary for him at a place he himself will set up, which he did in Jerusalem. Oh, okay. As he... Uh, he will select as his home. There you will bring your, to the Lord your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes, your offerings presented by the gesture of waving before the altar and your offerings to fulfill your vows, your free will offerings, your, your offering of the firstborn animals of your flocks and herds. There you and your families. Now think about this. Uh, your, and all firstborn animals belong to the Lord. They just belong to the Lord. That's what he said. Just like when... The firstborn were killed in Egypt. God required that the Israelites, their firstborn, he wouldn't even kill them. He said, the firstborn sons, they're all mine too, but you're not going to, I don't want them, I don't want them killed. You actually, you brought an offering to the Lord and, uh, and that took care of it. All right. But anyway, but nonetheless, look what he says here. Uh, there you and your families shall feast before the Lord your God and shall rejoice in all that he has done for you. I mean, I, I think... I think we do a good job here and stuff, but it's not like we're pulling teeth when we come to church, you know. 
it's supposed to be a time of not just the preacher saying, hey, y'all need to be happy out there. <laughs> Are you kidding? You wouldn't be happy if you knew the truth. The promised land, and all of a sudden you got all this harvest that you've got, and you're, it's your turn to go. You were supposed to go to Jerusalem three times a year. Uh, one was Passover, and it was called Unleavened Bread too. And then it was, if I get them right, uh, Festival of Weeks was next. It was seven. It was the fir- when your first harvests started coming in, probably sometime in June. You brought that offering to the Lord, part of that crop. And then the third one is called Shelters, and it was at the end of the, all the harvest. And notice what he's going to say this. We'll see it. You're going you're gonna to feast before the Lord and shall rejoice at all that he's done for you. I don't know how we in the Bible Belt have turned this into a sourpuss thing. You know, we, 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 we wouldn't even think about having a cookout here at church while having preaching and stuff. Going. Now, we, now, I know we do, but I'm just saying that's what it was all about. You brought your good things the Lord has done. But see, you knew God was going to take care of you. Hannah in, where are we at? We're in Deuteronomy. We're... Four or five of us, where, where's that book? It's, it's right after, we got Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel right there. 1 Samuel chapter 1, watch this, they're doing it. This is a story of a guy, he was from the tribe of Ephraim, okay? Okay, uh, his name was this, 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 okay, whatever. He had two wives, there's Hannah right there. And he had two wives, he had that other wife there. Each year, Elkanah and his family journeyed to the tabernacle of Shiloh to worship the Lord. Okay. But anyway, uh, Hannah, uh, let's see, uh, anyway, her husband there, they would celebrate when they gave presents. It was a happy time. But now Hannah was not happy. Now why? She was buried. She couldn't have any kids. Watch what she does. Yeah, so... uh, he, uh, for the Lord, it says, for the Lord had sealed her womb, so she had no children to give presents to. Well, that would be depressing. And anyway, on top of that, her, I don't know what you call it, sister-in-law? <laughs> if you have an extra wife, you know, oh, I guess it's my sister-in-law, whatever. You know, she was scoffing at her, laughing at her, making her miserable. So anyway, her husband says, hey, man, I'm wonderful. What do you need a son for? Don't make a fuss. Oh, it still hurt her heart. Made sense. Look at this, one evening after supper. Now remember, they don't live there, but they're rejoicing there. Okay, she went over to the tabernacle. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance. She was in deep anguish, you can imagine, was crying bitterly, and she prayed to the Lord. Notice she wasn't like, I got one eye open because I got to get the priest to see this because all this stuff is make-believe. <laughs> How you get pregnant by make-believe stuff? That's not what was going on here. And you know, this book is called Samuel. This is where her boy come from. She made this vow. Oh, Lord of heaven, if you will look down on my sorrow. Now, listen, you can do this yourself for whatever you need. Okay. Answer my prayer. Give me a son. Look, it says, I'll give him back to you. And he'll be yours for his entire lifetime. And his hair will never be cut. Oh, wait, this is Samson. No, this is Samuel. And the word Samuel, we'll see in a minute, means asked of God. Okay, Eli noticed her. <laughs> Remember, he was there. He, he saw her moving her mouth, and she was praying silently, hearing no sound. He thought she was drinking. Now, why would he think that? Because there's some drinking going on there. You gave, I mean, it, I mean really, we just... We just choke at this as Baptists sometimes or whatever we are in the Bible Belt. 
Yeah, they go, they, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He won't have a Miller highlight. So that guy can't come to church. And then we feel we're not supposed to go ha- be with some other people because, you know, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want them thinking because if it weren't for me being a representative of the Bible, you're not doing a good job if you do that. Go in there. If you don't want to drink, don't drink. But, man, don't shun anybody that is. And I have a tough time swallowing beer in the first place. But I've learned that that's not the issue here at all. You know, I wish they made it taste like Dr. Pepper. It'd be a little different for me. <laughs> you know. But we've got, I tell you what, we have a big thing coming. And I'll do the prayer. We've got a big, it's called a dining out. They call a dining out on, on, for the military. That means you can bring your, your family in. Uh, and it's, a, it's just a wonderful time. And they'll have me do the prayer. And then they're going to have this exercise where they, it's just a lot of fun. They put some liquor and stuff in this, and then they'll call out some people saying, have you brought your something that you won't have brought? And they'll go, Richard, do you have that on you? I say, no, sir, I don't. Well, come up here. You've got to get a dip of the grog. <laughs> it's just a joke type thing. But the other part is the Order of St. Barbara, which is, uh, oh, it's, anyway, they wouldn't call them saint for nothing. It's not a. It's a. It's. It's just a military thing there. But boy, they. They. You wouldn't believe how much of the Lord is involved in the stuff that they do, and for me to be some sort of. Well, I'll teach them something in my prayer. Let's all bow our heads. Our heavenly Father, please forgive us for drinking the grog tonight. They kicked me out, and what would I have done with that? Where, where am I going with that? Some people that never heard about Jesus Christ would think, well, I guess that's Jesus Christ right there. And Richard said it, and he's a Jesus person. Oh, brother. Well, I'm completely wrong. All right, anyway, look what he says to Hannah. You must, must you come here drunk? He demanded, throw away your bottle. Look what she says. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I'm not drunk, but I am very sad. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Please don't think that I'm just some drunken bum. Now, look what he says. And let's just see if the Spirit of God showed up. In that case, see, he didn't say the Spirit of God nothing. Well, of course not. Elon knows those blessings. He also knows that a woman has a right, according to Jesus, to have a child. Every one of them, even if you have a bunch of cows. A farmer could have brought all his heifers up there and said, and the heifers could be crying. We can't have no calves. And Eli would have said the same thing. He would have said, well, we're going to fix that. He has to. He's representing what God already said. In that case, Eli said, cheer up. May the Lord, Lord of Israel grant you your petition. He actually said whatever it is. Woo! You talk about now I know why they came to Jerusalem and they were happy and they feasted. And if you raised your kids this way, the younger ones, even when they first start talking, they'd be, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. They would know. And that's what's happened today. A lot of them don't know. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Notice she didn't say, you really think so? <laughs> she said, thank you. And went happily back. Now, what would we call that? That's faith, right? What if she went back still? <laughs> I hope. You can forget it. The book of Hebrews says, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It's not well I believe he is, and he's a reorder if he feels like it. No, you have no faith. That's your, just in case it don't happen, you can tell your friends, I thought it might not happen. 
Stick yourself out there and say, God will do it. I'm going to be fine. Anyway, she went happily back and began taking her meals again. The entire family was up early the next morning. Where are they going? They went to the tabernacle to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home. So it was that yearly thing or whatever, one of the three times a year. And anyway, so sure enough, the Lord opened up her womb. She had a child and she brought him back. Anyway, uh, notice what she says. She named him Samuel, meaning asked of God, because she said, uh, I asked the Lord for him. Wow. All right, well, we better finish up over here. We got to stop. Okay. We were at 11. I think we got all, we get, we're in 11. I know. And then we got to, let's see, 32. Yeah, you got to obey these laws. And I think we got to 12. Yeah. Okay. He said, strike down all these. I would say so. What would I need all these things for? Don't sacrifice anywhere. Yeah, that's right. You're going to fulfill your vows. Okay. Uh, verse 8. You will no longer go your own way as you used to do, everyone doing what he thinks is right. For these laws don't go in effect until you get into the place of rest the Lord will give you. Notice they called it a place of rest. If you can't sleep at night, you, you have a right to sleep at night. Psalm 4 says that. Other places, but I mean, just, just a no-brainer. If you're worried about something, you, you shouldn't. Anyway. But when you cross the Jordan River and live in the promised land as the Lord gives you, and the Lord gives you rest and keeps you safe from all your enemies, boy, I wish we had that today. We do, praise God. It's ours. Look what he says. Then you must bring all your burnt sacrifices and other offerings to his sanctuary, to the place where he says what we just saw Hannah did. And here it is. He'll rejoice there before the Lord your God. Now, what have I got to rejoice I am safe, praise God. I don't have to worry about an issue that, like, uh-oh, maybe Janet just got lucky. That No, Janet's always going to be lucky like that, except it's Jesus. Praise the Lord. No bullets are going to come nigh you. That's why he says, uh, look what he says here. Uh, don't sacrifice anywhere, only the place where the Lord says he'll choose. He'll pick a place from the territory allotted to the tribes. Only there may your sacrifices burn off. However, the meat and stuff he says you can eat somewhere. I'm looking for something else. Uh, but anyway, the meat you can eat and butcher, butcher it anywhere as the gazelle. To eat as much of this as you wish and as often as you're able to attain it. And we think, if I'm not fasting, I'm missing God sometime. God's not into, look what he just said. Eat. Anyway, because the Lord's, promise, the Lord's prospered you. He goes on and says, just, hey, look, just by the way, just don't eat the blood, he says, because that's the... The life of the flesh is in the blood is what he's telling you right there. Uh, anyway, I just, I just want to point out something. We've got to stop. He says, rejoice before the Lord your God in everything you do. And when you know this, it's certainly easy to. Uh, let's see. Anyway, notice this. All be well with you and your children. And I, I was trying to find a place where he said, look, and don't you dare offer your kids up as a sacrifice. It must be coming up in the next chapter. But anyway, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. I want you to see something over here in the book of Psalms 116. We're going to stop right here. Uh, Psalm 116. Remember, he, we were talking about rest there. Okay. <sighs> David or whoever wrote this psalm, look what he says. I love the Lord because he hears my prayers and answers them. Yeah. Now he's going to give you what he prayed for and what he got. Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I breathe. And here he goes. Death stared me in the face. I was frightened and sad. Boy, how often have we been there? We felt, oh my goodness. 
Then I cried, Lord, save me. How kind he is. How good he is. So merciful. Is this God of ours? This is everybody. The Lord protects the simple and the childlike. Look at that. He protects. I was facing death and he saved me. Look at this. Now I can relax for the Lord has done this wonderful miracle for me. He saved my feet from death, my tears uh, and my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. I'll live, yes, in his presence here on earth. Now, let me switch this to the King James here just a moment. I want you to see that. Just want you to, uh, there's a song that I, I like to, let's see, my 116, yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Uh, right here. It's, a, it's just a wonderful song, you know, and it, it just says, return unto thy rest. He's talking to himself. Oh, my soul. You know how you get out of control. I'm trying to <laughs> quit worrying. Oh, God. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. Look at what he says. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Talking to your own soul. God has dealt bountifully. And nobody says, look, he says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death, and my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. And then adds to it. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Praise God. Wow. Mm. Let me just show you this. Hang on. If I can do it, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can. I'll just sing it to you. And Oh. <clears throat> Return unto thy rest, O my soul. Part wet. Let me think just a second. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, from death. For thou hast delivered mine eyes from tears. Unto thy rest. Remember, he's not talking to anybody else but himself. Say, look, just calm down. God's going to take care of you. That's what he's talking about. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Yeah, I was missing a few chords there, but whatever. I tell you, I hadn't flown in a long time, and I was sang, I sang that thing. Uh, I was just over and over in my head, and I had the most wonderful time. And then, the, and then on the way back, I'm thinking, well, you didn't die on the way up. You're going to die on the way back. <laughs> And I remember I sat next to some wonderful people, and the whole time we were just talking and talking, and I'm like, excuse me, I'd like to watch the runway right now as we're <laughs> zooming off to our death. <laughs> no, I'm not dying. We're going to be fine, praise the Lord. But it's just so good. No, God, take care of you. You got the, the Bible's going to tell you 
constantly, you're going to be all right. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you. You protect us at all times. Hallelujah. In the promised land, how could we ever forget all those wonderful things that you said? They belong to us today, we see. So, Father, if we're not feeling good today, health-wise, no matter what it is, you'll take care of that. Same thing's true financially, and the same thing's true no matter what we're faced with. Like Hannah, she was just brokenhearted, but she was so excited that you would answer her prayer. And we just thank you for that. So that didn't leave anything left for us to go tell others about the great, awesome things you've been doing for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, we did.